Well, welcome to the uh, sixth Care Home Management Magazine podcast, sponsored as always by myaco.com, learning and employee engagement made easy. Uh, my name is Steve Hemsley. I'm the publishing editor of Care Home Management Magazine. Uh, joining me as always is uh, Alan Rustad. Alan, nice to see you. It's nice to be back. It's uh, a good time of year to be uh, looking ahead to summer. There's lots of things coming on in the near future in the care home world, I know, with things like Care Home Open Day and, of course, the Care Home Awards coming up. Yeah, the Care Home Awards on uh, June the 27th at Excel. If you haven't got your ticket for the dinner, uh, don't hang around. I think they're nearly all sold out. And obviously, Care Home Management is the media partner of the Care Home Awards. That is always a great event. And the day after, it is Care Home Open Day on June the 28th. So we're uh, recording this in May and obviously a lot of work's going on. Uh, preparing for that. Uh, so what have we got uh, in this uh, podcast? We've got some great interviews. We've got an interview. Alan spoke to uh, Joe Mazza, who's a home manager at Ashley Gardens Care Centre in Maidstone about how music can help with dementia. And care home management editor Elsa Cahoon spoke to Jim Ward of Fast Joy about uh, integration of IT systems and in between healthcare and social care. And she also spoke to Leah Cook, who from Quality Compliance Systems, about how you can uh, make good decisions while still being compliant as a care home so stay listening for that Uh, first our regular feature of looking at the big headlines it's care in the news care in the news a review of this week's headlines As always, uh, we're going to have our look at the care in the news, the, some of the big stories that have been happening in the, since our last uh, podcast. And uh, Elsa, you've picked up obviously a big story. We covered it online and uh, a big story hit the national headlines about the financial problems for uh, Four Seasons and what's gone on there. From your uh, experience and, and looking at this story, what do you think is going on here and how worried should the sector be? Any closure of a major provider is, is obviously an issue for a, a sector. But I think what's, you know, what's really important to um, remember here is that uh, despite the fact that this is a, a, you know, this is a really big provider, there are specific reasons why a big provider is affected perhaps differently to uh, to the way a lot of smaller homes would, would be affected. And uh, I think it's important not to see this as the sector is doomed um, because it really isn't. So, for example, I mean, Four Seasons business, you know, it was a highly highly leveraged business premium end homes um, in premium locations you know highly highly leveraged 525 million pounds worth of debt the company had um, 26 million pounds in interest payable Um, I mean these are huge huge figures that uh, most care homes particularly um, I believe it's something like 80% of the sector are independent small operations um, these are figures that that most care homes will not um, be burdened with. Yeah, I mean, Alan, do, do you think it raises questions then? To pick up on Elsa's point there about the financing of care homes, and, and this is something that's much bigger than the sector. It, it go, always goes back to funding and government. And what does it tell us? I think it tells us that you're absolutely right. I don't exactly say it was met with a shrug of the shoulders, but people weren't unduly surprised or disappointed when they heard 
uh, Four Seasons problems and that day to day actually running the business, it's not doing that badly. Uh, it is, as I also said, the debt behind it all that's caused the trouble. And once you've dealt with the debt, then maybe you can deal with the uh, improving the service. I think that there's a lot of care homes within the Four Seasons group that other operators will have their eyes on and think we could take over some of these or some of those, whether they're for local reasons or whether they're because they fit their particular personnel and their, their people, the type of people that they look after. But I think certainly that, um, you know, the, the sector isn't uh, uh, isn't sort of almost slashing its wrists with problems on this. This yeah. is going to sort itself out. And to another point else was made about there can be a feeling that this is all doom and gloom. And I suppose for outside the industry and people look inside at care homes and the negative perceptions, um, that's a worry as well, isn't it, Elsa? Well, well, there is. I mean, you know, care home care home bashing is is a popular activity, um, and I think and I think there are sort of political there are political undertones here as well for people that may be thinking, well, this is what happens when you take a, 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 a business model that was previously um, local authority, publicly funded, led and you know turned it over to the private sector there are opportunities and uh, there will be some very nice homes um up grabs in the you know the four the four seasons administration process yeah okay excellent thank you for that uh, now alan your story is quite interesting as well because it, it's from the times and this whole thing about dementia and whether there's one or more kinds and apparently scientists have discovered a new type of dementia so like cancers really there's different types which maybe people aren't always aware of what is that story and why why did you find it so interesting? Well, I found it interesting because we tend to lump the word dementia to cover a whole host of things, and there's Alzheimer's as well. But dementia tends to be a thing like we just say that person's got dementia or that person's got cancer. We know there are different sorts of cancer, and what the scientists are now beginning to discover is that there are more and more different types of dementia. This particular one that caught my eye, I won't spell it all out, it's very technical. It's known as late, and it's thought to be present in the brains of between 20 to 50 percent of individuals aged above 85. Now, that then leads the experts in the field to say that probably we're using the wrong drugs on the wrong people. If we'd known about late or we know about it now, we can use different drugs to deal with that rather than just this blanket dementia. Uh, one particular person, a guy called Peter Newton Nelson of the University of Kentucky, who was part of the team that looked into this, he said late probably responds to different treatments than Alzheimer's does, which might explain why so many past Alzheimer's drugs have failed in clinical trials for late. So clearly there is much more work going on and that's encouraging. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it comes it comes down to personalised care, isn't it? Which is something that the, the CQC is is very keen to see in, in its care homes. And uh, and quite rightly so. I mean, it's it's where the very high-tech medicine development is going in, in providing, making treatments that are um, personalised to the, the person, to their actual biochemistry, to their to their actual disease state. Elsa, thank you very much. Uh, before you go, you, the new issue the, uh, is out now of care home uh, management. Do you want to very give a quick sort of plug for the features we've got in in that issue? Yeah, well, I mean, our our cover feature is our buying and selling um, feature, which is very timely, uh, given that uh, almost the day, uh, well, almost the hour after I pressed the um, the go to press button, um, the news of the four seasons collapse uh, came. That that I hope actually will. 
give smaller operators um, quite a lot of hope because it does suggest that the, that the small individual mum and dad type um, home operation still has a very real place in the market. Uh, and we've also got, uh, we're also looking at sustainable laundry where we're going green, turn your laundry green. Um, I think that's figuratively rather than literally. I don't think your residents will be too happy about a lot of green clothing coming back to them. And uh, we're also looking at alarm and call as well. So plenty, you know, plenty of good advice. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, in, indeed. Uh, if um, if you are a care home manager, director or owner, you can get the magazine free. Just email us at editorial at chmonline.co.uk. Just get in touch. Uh, Elsa, thank you very much. And that was the latest Care in the News. You're listening to the Care Home Management Magazine Podcast. Welcome to the wonderful world of MyAco. At MyAco, we're committed to developing the tools to make managing your business simpler. Whether your goal is to revolutionize your training program, reduce your staff turnover, improve employee communications, or simply to save time on your tasks each day, MyAco is here to help 24-7, whenever and wherever you are. Sales at myaco.com 01202 806 Well, now on the Care Home Management Magazine podcast, we turn again to a subject we regularly cover, of course, and that's dementia. And it's an interesting case, this, because Ashley Gardens Care Centre, which is based in Maidstone in Kent, has hosted a music festival to help raise awareness of dementia and to encourage support for those living with the condition. The home partnered with Purple Angel Dementia Project. That's an organisation that strives to offer a better standard of life for people living with dementia, and they aim to do it through music. Purple Angel has hosted World Rocks Against Dementia, a great title, that one. Asking people all around the world to hold any kind of music events to join together in spreading awareness. And I'm delighted to say that on the line we have Joe Mazza, who's the home manager there in Maidstone. Joe, sounds like an interesting event. How did the idea all come about? Okay, well, initially I heard about Purple Angel at the National Care Awards in 2018. Um, Another manager who was attending the awards was talking about Purple Angel and my ears pricked up. So I started researching um, and looked on Facebook and found out that there was a massive initiative around music. Um, Initially looking at the MP3 player initiative, but this led on to the World Rocks Against Dementia, where our festival concept was born, really. And Purple Angel, were they easy to get hold of and help you along through all this? Yes, very easy. So I sent a message via social media just saying that I was very interested in finding out more. And Norm, who is the sort of founder of the whole thing, came straight back to me and was really happy for us to get on board. What, how did the day work out then? What did you have on on the day? OK, so on the day, we invited um, lots of other homes in the community to come and share the event with us so we had lots of other residents from local nursing and residential homes and we put messages out on social media asking local artists and performers if they would come and give up their time to entertain our residents so we started off with um, one of our nurses actually who is a guitar player James he entertained the residents for a little while 
followed on by Andrew the singing barber who was singing and playing his ukulele he's always a really big hit with the residents um, we had a guy from a local band called the Tragic Mushrooms but he it was only him that could make it so he was a, a single Tragic Mushroom and he sang and played guitar um, shame a bit of a tragedy that the rest couldn't turn up <laughs> it was um, we had Jason Allen, who's um, a local swing singer, um, came and did a set for us. He's one of our usual entertainers, but he came and did something um, for free, which was lovely. And Fred Clark, who's also a local entertainer, um, sometimes seen at Pizza Express playing. And finally, we had the Kettlebridge Concertinas and um, a trio playing violins and singing, which were absolutely amazing. So the whole day had a buzz of different music genres across the home. I was going to say, you say the whole day. I mean, this must have gone on for several hours then. It did. We started about half past 10, 11 o'clock and it was going on until gone five. And there was music playing pretty much the whole day except uh, for the mealtime. So we provided lunch for all of our visitors um, and had a really nice social occasion around that as well. And I suppose the, the, the big question is, how did the residents enjoy it or take to it? Did it, did it work for them? Absolutely. Our residents loved it. And actually, there was a really different vibe in the home on that day, which I think really supports how music helps everybody. So from the staff who were working on that particular day, everybody seemed to have a, a lifted mood, more smiling, a little bit of a spring in their step. It was, it was really quite magical at all levels, actually. Um, but presumably you've, you've had musical entertainers come in before on a presumably yeah. regular basis. Yeah. This, this brought it all together, though, did it? Yes. So we normally have musical entertainment maybe two or three times a week in the afternoon for our residents, which is a normal activity for us. But this was just something different. It had a real USP to it. And clearly it's worked for the residents. How about the staff? It must have created quite a buzz for them too. Yes, an absolute buzz. Um, also because we had a member of staff who was part of the musical entertainment. Um, but as I said, there was a real lifted mood in the home because you could hear music wherever you went in the home. People were playing at the same time, but in different areas. Um, people really did feel happier that from the staff to the visitors, to the residents, the relatives, everybody just felt a bit more buzzy on that day. I'm sure it's always important to involve staff, obviously, and residents, but you mentioned relatives and visitors as well. That must have been important. Yes, yes, really important. So we, we've often tried to invite um, other homes into things we do, such as National Care Home Open Day, and, you know, trying to link up with the community. We've never had that big an uptake, but this time we had minibuses arriving from home after home, and I think we must have had in excess of 30 visitors from other homes in the locality, and they also had a really amazing day, and they were really keen to come back to Ashley Gardens next time we hold an event and be part of what we do. So that, that's, that's terrific, because it's bringing care homes together in your vicinity whereas otherwise you might be treading very sort of um, uh, individual paths I would imagine. Absolutely yeah we really like to share what we do um, and, and give others ideas around the vibrancy and the activity service that we offer so it's really nice to see people coming in this time and wanting to be part of it. That's great and you mentioned future plans what are those future plans and you're going to do this again? <laughs> Most definitely. So we will really 
want to take part in World Drops Against Dementia Love next year. And obviously we want it to be bigger and better. <laughs> so we're already thinking about different people that we can invite and have made contacts with the local rock choir um, who unfortunately weren't available this year but are very keen to be involved with the home next time. And another local band called Mr Zen who've also offered their services. So we've definitely got big ideas for next year. And in the meantime, we'd love to continue um, working with Purple Angel to bring more MP3 players into the home for our residents because they've been a real success as well. How do the MP3 players work then? Okay, so basically they're a, they're a free service at the moment try, because Purple Angel are trying to raise the profile of the importance of music in evoking memories with people with dementia. So you send them a playlist of 20 songs and you can either ask the residents um, or you can speak to their family about their favourite music and bands time gone by you put together a bespoke list of 20 songs and then purple angel upload it onto the mp3 and send it to us with the headphones and we then use that with the resident as part of their activity service and for them to have specific music that they like to listen to that sounds terrific i bet you get a, a good range of uh, musical requests don't you Yes, well, our very first one went to a gentleman, um, one of our residents called Henry, and he very much loves reggae music. So his was um, preloaded with a lot of Bob Marley and UB40. When we put the MP3 player on for the first time, his smile was magical. And we posted on our social media page for Healthcare Homes and Ashley Gardens. Um, and he pretty much went viral. I think we were over 11,000 views on the photograph of him with his smile listening to the mp3 player for the first time that's terrific that's that's really excellent well, <laughs> so, yeah, well, pretty amazing. well done and of course you mentioned you're part of healthcare homes has this been taken up by other homes in the group yes i know for sure that another couple of homes started this year um, shortly after we did and took part in the world rocks against dementia day and we're obviously spreading the word as much as we can throughout the group to make sure as many people take part next year and help raise the profile of purple angel Good. Well, we'll look forward to hearing more about that in, in due course. It sounds a wonderful event. Well done. And uh, I hope it's brought a lot of cheer to your residents and staff. Yes, thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at Care Home Manage. That's at Care Home Manage. Five and a Bike specialise in working with care providers to increase occupancy rates and showcase your homes using remarkable video tours and emotive case studies. Having worked with some of the top care providers in the UK, we understand your challenges and can take the complication out of creating video content. We're running a special offer of 10% off your first video tour, so call 01494 868 409, speak to one of our experienced production team or email us on office at fiveandabike.com. You're listening to the Care Home Management Magazine podcast, sponsored as always by myaco.com, learning and employee engagement made easy. Time now for a couple of supplier interviews and our editor Elsa Cahoon uh, was at the Dementia Care and Nursing Home Expo the other week and she caught up with a number of uh, key key suppliers to our industry, uh, including uh, Leah Cook from Quality Compliance Systems. So I'm here today at Dementia Care and Nursing Home Expo and I'm with Leah Cook and Leah your title is a Resident Policy Lead 
quality from quality compliance systems. Now, so you've been doing some masterclasses at the show, um, and one of those was on helping people to become decision makers while maintaining compliance. And I'm sure that's something that our readers would be very interested in understanding how you might do that. Absolutely. Well, I talk both from um, a personal experience of accessible information standards as well as talking from a regulatory and compliance perspective too. And it's been really good to deliver that in a, in a clear way through the expo masterclasses. So my perception is I've, I experienced on a very personal level volumes of information coming to me and having to be a very quick decision maker. Um, and information had to be broken down to it, into its simplest format for me to be able to make a decision for my daughter who was receiving a transplant at the time. Alongside that, I then became, this was pre-accessible information standards, which I got really excited about with it. We then had a legal basis that we had to follow as health and social care providers. And when that was introduced, I then became really passionate because I knew that we didn't have a consistent approach to sharing of information and really enabling people to make their own decisions effectively enough. And from a regular stand, I, I work as a CQC specialist advisor as well. So going into homes with an inspection and compliance hat on, I was also seeing, seeing different perspectives of how, how good we were at delivering of information and ensuring we really captured at the first opportunity what people's needs wishes and preferences were with, with accessing information. Is this something that managers should be worried about, you know, making their staff perhaps a little bit more autonomous, or is it is it something that they should embrace? I think personally for me it's the key to personalisation. If we don't get accessible information standards right from the word go, at that beginning initial stage of building a relationship, we've got no chance of personalisation. So to really establish what people need in order to get information that they are looking for, it's a really sensitive and difficult time when you're moving into a care home or a different working um, personal environment so we need to take that into account and work very steadily with people so delivery of information has to be so clear it's so vital we get it clear and in its simplest format from the word go one, wonderful and how's the show been for you have you have you found that uh, lots of good quality visitors and uh, and and uh, you know an opportunity to be able to tell people about your services yeah absolutely I mean for me this is the first time I've been to an expo so it's been absolutely fantastic for me and to be able to speak and the masterclass and the reception I've had back from the people that have listened to my classes has been amazing and it's just been lovely to get out there to see a lot of the innovation and what's going on out there in the health and social care sector particularly so it's brilliant for daily care home news, visit chmonline.co.uk. Well, lovely to hear from Leah Cook at uh, Quality Compliance Systems talking about uh, compliance and the need for good communication. Uh, well, during the Dementia Care Nursing Home Expo, Elsa also caught up with Fast Roy's uh, UK Managing Director, uh, Jim Ward. So I'm here at Dementia Care and Nursing Home Expo 19 with Jim Ward, who is the director of Fastroy. Uh, now you've done a you've done a presentation here today on uh, integration and what the UK can learn from Finland. Interesting topic, integration. It's all about integration these days. So what can we learn? The first thing probably to say is that Finland, the health system and the care system in Finland are surprisingly similar to the UK. So there's lots of lessons we can learn from it because. The funding that goes into healthcare comes from the same kind of tax sources. The funding that goes into social care is from local municipalities and councils. Therefore, it's a very good model that mirrors exactly how the UK is structured. However, in Finland, because the GDP was so high about 10 years ago, they decided to invest a lot of money in digital transformation. 
And part of that process was understanding how they could, you could get systems to interconnect with each other. So it was important that GP systems and hospital systems could talk to each other. And now they've set up a national system called Canta. And Canta is a system where an individual can log into Canta and can access their care record irrespective of the provider. So whether it comes from GP, mental health, hospital, or even social care provider as well, all of the systems are integrated such that there's a sharing of information based on a, a, a principle of, of permissions, but the permissions are under, under the control of the individual patient themselves. Now that's the golden grail here in the UK, isn't it? That uh, you know that patient records will be integrated and available to all the providers that need them in the form they need them and uh, facilitating care. But we're not quite there yet in the UK, no, are right. we? So in the UK, we, we bring our experience of being able to integrate with different systems. So before the Canter system was there, for example, we would have to do a single integration with pharmacy systems, single integrations with GP systems and so on and so forth. And that gave us great experience have been able to bring that to the UK. So in the UK already, we, we just won one of the big cities in England for social care provision. And with that, we're going to be integrating with their back-end care system they already have in place, but also with their HR systems, their finance systems, and, and the NHS systems going forward as well. So it's about the interoperability that you can have between different systems, and it's really so that you're not replicating resources, particularly in areas like reablement, which is becoming so important in the UK. Mm. And uh, the difference that it will make to uh, to residents and their families if providers are all looking at one system and talking to each other? Well, it won't necessarily be one system. It's, a, it's just the interoperability of information between okay. systems. So you can use a different system. That's okay, so long as they can exchange They're information talking to properly. Each other. And so long as you've not added to the burden of them using that single system. So, for example, if... Uh, if there's been a, an alert that's come up on a telecare system, why not have the social care provider also informed of that alert rather than just going to a call centre? And it's for, for individuals, families and for individual patients, it's the ability to be able to control access to care, but also to be able to share the information with friends and family, for example. So we have a portal called Network of Care, which means that, that friends and family, third sector, volunteers... Healthcare professionals can access things such as the calendar of, of visits, but they can also access observations that have been made by individuals so they can see something as simple as June is in a very good mood today because she had a visit from her daughter last night. She hadn't seen her for a month or two and she's feeling very happy about it and it means that she's feeling much better and more able to go out and join the real world. And that information is going to be valuable to care home providers too, isn't it? That they're going to really understand the full picture of what's going on. Yes, because if you if you if you are able to transparently receive information such as a single care plan that's been created by healthcare, and you're able to amend that care plan to suit social care, it means rather than having two or three or four different individual care plans, you can build it one run one care plan and have a series of outcomes that are linked to to those main care plans. It also means that the information is exchanged back with healthcare as well. And it means that they then have a better understanding of information that's day-to-day -day information. And your GP on average might see somebody once a month, but your social care provider might see somebody three times a day. And uh, will, we, will we be at full integration any time soon in the UK, do you think? Well, I think, I think healthcare and social care at a council level will be integrated within two to three years. I think they're already talking. We're already talking with the city that we're working with just now uh, about integration, so they're looking at the way forward there, and we're already discussing the simplest 
way forward without causing too many problems. Permissions is probably the biggest issue. People get hung up on the idea of who owns the care record. We need to make that systematic change from a GP thinking they own the GP record, the hospital thinking they own the hospital record, and the social care provider thinking they own the care record, to the position where the, the, the care records are all owned by the patient or the service user themselves, and it's up to them to give permission as to what people can see. Well, that's the end of another Care Home Management Magazine podcast sponsored by uh, myaco.com, learning and employee engagement made easy. Thank you for them, for their continued support. Uh, thanks also to our interviewees, uh, Jim Ward uh, from Fastroy. Uh, really interesting chat there about integration of IT. Uh, Joe Mazza about music and dementia from Ashley Gardens and Leah Cook uh, from Quality Compliance Systems. And just final word from you, Alan, that, that music interview is uh, really, really interesting. It is. I mean, it's again, going back to what we were discussing about dementia, that they're all sort of ways to help people with dementia and joe was very enthusiastic by what they've done uh, at her particular care home and i think it will be something that we'll be hearing much more of in the future right well that's it uh, hopefully another time we'll have some other interesting names like uh, the singing barber but from us and the tragic mushrooms it's uh, bye for now bye for now